The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, by the way. Uh, I, did, <laughs> I did not think that, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles won. I did not think that they would blow a 10-point fourth-quarter lead. I did not think that they would drive the ball multiple times in the second half but come away with no points. I did not think they would not score at any point. But the one thing that did not surprise me is that they had some drops. The one thing that did not surprise me is that they had penalties offensively. The one thing that did not surprise me is that they turned the ball over on, on offense. And the one thing that did surprise me is who turned the ball over on offense. Um, with all of that being said, I am, that one was hard. That one, that one fellas was hard to kind of get, to kind of get over. It sucks. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, it it was, it was like, listen, I mean, I, I, I have grown that regular season losses don't, uh, you know, you can like, if you're honest with yourself, you take a deep breath, you look at this entire schedule the rest of the way. And I'd be shocked if the Chiefs lose another. And I think when you start to look at what has happened to the Joe Burrowless Bengals, and now you got the Packers in there, and you got the Raiders twice, and you got like I, I think they're gonna probably. There's a great chance they went out, and they're the number one seed. And I just want to make this very clear: all of the goals that the Chiefs have and Chiefs fans have for this team are still there and attainable and doable. I don't that it might just have to be done differently, but they're still there and attainable. But BK, what the hell was that Monday? All of our worst fears coming to fruition in one game <laughs> out of the bye. Like that's what that was. It was everything that we feared the Chiefs to be and it happened on a Monday night game that was the most watched Monday night game in what 25 years? Is that what I saw the other day? Yeah, yeah. Like for that to happen in that spot against that team with that coach and that defense, dude, just brutal, brutal in every possible way. Like we talked about it last week. We knew Andy was gonna change some things up. And you saw early on, like, okay. They're going with more of the counterattack when it comes to the running game. You're seeing some more of Kadarius, Tony, and Gadget ways. You're seeing a little bit early on of what McCole Hardman can bring to this offense. You saw them finding unique ways to get Travis Kelsey involved. They get Isaiah Pacheco involved early on. It's like, all right, this stuff could work. And then they come out in the second half, and there's just nothing. There was nothing left. The Eagles basically said, okay, well, Kelsey's not beating us anymore. And we don't believe that you're going to be able to throw it deep because something's going to get screwed up, whether it's the receivers running the wrong route, Mahomes not being on the same page with them, whatever it is. And so we're going to take away Kelsey. We're going to take away everything underneath. And we don't think that you can beat us deep. And they were right. And the Chiefs had no response. Ron, there is not a single team in the history of the NFL since 1970, the merger that has a greater difference in scoring in the first half versus the second half than this year's Kansas City Chiefs through the first 10 weeks of the season. The Chiefs have scored 172 points in the first half this year. They've scored 53 in the second half this season. Something is happening where teams adjust to whatever it is that the Chiefs are doing coming out of halftime, and they shut everything down. 
it's abysmal. It is so incredibly frustrating to watch. And I don't know at this point if it is curable before the end of the regular season. Mm. They right, still before, can win the Super Bowl, but my God, is it frustrating. Yeah, before we get to that point, I'll just say all the stuff you've named, you know, hey, they haven't scored a second half point in three straight games. They didn't do that against a team that gave up 70 points earlier this year in the Broncos. They didn't do that to the Miami Dolphins, who aren't a damn juggernaut. And the Philadelphia Eagles, that anybody with a right arm or a left arm and people that can run have been able to pass on this defense at will. From Dak to Mac Jones, at will. Those are the three opponents they face, and they could not muster a damn field goal in the second half. And the part about it that is annoying is what you said, Hell, they had some it. They had at least two drives. All it was going to take was one to put up points. They had two drives. Then with a fumble, Travis Kelsey gets a bad penalty that sets one back as well. Like they, they had their opportunities just to put it away and not even playing well. And here is my thing. When you say all the numbers that you have, because I'll do this, and I know you feel this way, BK, and I'm sure I watched the rapid reaction show on Arrowhead Pride after the game, and I feel like Serta is in the same space. And listen, I'm not saying you guys are wrong, but there ain't nobody, nobody that gets no piece of this or this, this thing is just equal to me. It's just equal to me because, yes, MVS, and I see, oh, I get, I get so irritated when I see these little screenshot photos of all three games, and then there's Kadarius Tony letting the ball go through his hands. Okay, that one directly was the – that one is I, – I, that one I won't really argue that game, but he lets the ball go right through his hands. Not to mention, though, on that pod, we talked about it, Pat did look off on his throws, missed some throws. But anyway – that one, and then we see the Sky Moore drop against the Broncos, and of course, what MVS did. Like, I keep seeing people with the screenshots, oh, the difference between seven and three and 10 and oh. But no, maybe when you don't have the numbers that every all the numbers you just sprouted out, you ain't scored, you scored 10 damn points in the second half in the last five games. It ain't just one person because I can also flip in all of those games, except maybe the Lions. I can also flip in all of those games of photos of Jawan Taylor getting a penalty or Smith getting a penalty or Joe Tooney getting his ass kicked. Or I can flip one of those around with Travis fumbling the ball or Travis dropping the ball or Travis just not impacting the game whatsoever. See Miami. Or, I'm sorry, folks, I can flip those photos around and give you nine interceptions and three fumbles on the year from your guy. You know in that five-game stretch the Chiefs have turned the ball over nine times, nine times, and Pat and Travis are responsible for seven of them. Like, they, they, like they turn the ball in this five-game stretch, they turn the ball over nine times, and they're responsible for seven of them. It's not just, yes, the receivers are a part of it. Up yours, Justin Watson. Just catch the damn thing. It ain't that cold. It ain't that wet. What it was that envious? Stop it. But what was that, Mahomes? How can you throw that pick? That's one of the worst picks he's ever thrown. I've ever seen. He just has the entire side of the field, entire side of the field, and he did that. Do you know, and I know this because I listen to Philly radio for some reason, do you know that in two teams with the Titans and the Eagles, that is only, that is the first time he has touched the ball in the air. He has not had a pass breakup until that play, and not an interception. The only time he touched the ball was on a fumble recovery when he was with the Titans. He had not touched the ball this year. And the first time he touched it, he picks off Mahomes in the red zone. near the 14-yard line. That's points. Travis dropping the ball, folding penalties. And, yes, the time you get a chance. He's at the seven on first down, and he fumbles. It's not just the receivers. It's not just how terrible the tackles are. It's not just Joe Tooney. It's not just Mahomes. It's not just Kelsey. It's not just Andy Reid or, or Nagy. It's all of them. Nobody should be singled out. They have all done a ton to see this happen. I just, I am like, it ain't just one person or one group. It's all of these, these jokes. Yeah. But I, I don't disagree overall. It sounds like you're about to. It's, you're about to but make it, it's, but it, it's a, it, it's, a, I think it's all failing right now collectively. Um, and 
it's the wide receivers being bad is making Mahomes play worse. Uh, Travis Kelsey being double and triple teamed all the time is in him not being able to get the ball and make plays and be the guy that he's always been his entire NFL career. I think that's playing into things here. Uh, the tackles having issues like everything is collectively contributing to how bad the offense has been. But I think specifically against the Eagles, like I think what we got in the first half was Andy Reid really scheming things up, dialing things up and, and, and trying to get creative looks and, and get things going and move the football. But then in the second half, the Eagles said, okay, well beat us deep, beat us deep. We're going to put other guys around the line of scrimmage and we're not going to play. We're not going to play this cute game anymore where Andy Reid's trying to get these guys free rushing lanes like they did in the first half and the chiefs can't throw deep. And so that's when I come back to the wide receivers and say like, well, yeah, but but the biggest issue right now is that teams are challenging them, challenging Patrick Mahomes, of all people. Like, beat us deep. Beat us deep. If you can beat us deep, we'll live with it. Fine, but you're not going to beat us around the line of scrimmage. And I think that the case can be made now, after that performance specifically, that like Patrick Mahomes is operating with the worst deficit in a position group that he then that he has had in his career since maybe his first year as a starter with that chief's defense, that was absolute garbage or maybe the super bowl against the bucks where the offensive line just totally fell apart, but the offensive line was good going into that season injuries just shredded it. But the wide receiver group that he has this year is the worst positional deficit that he had has had since his first year as a starter when the entire defense was terrible. And you could argue it, it's a bigger deficit because at least in that season, he had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, which could potentially help him overcome the defense. There's nothing that can help him overcome this. There, there's no way to overcome it. Like, I understand he's got a very good defense, but he's not out there with the ball to be able to do that. And I just, I always in the past have had trust that if the Chiefs get the ball down by four in the final couple minutes of the game, even if they don't always come through, I expect them to. I don't know about you guys, but when the Chiefs got the ball back down by four with two minutes to go, I expected them to not score. I expected them to screw it up somehow. And that's exactly what happened. They screwed it up. And this is where like, I got mad at myself on Monday night for being upset with Patrick Mahomes at any point this season, because he <laughs> is not the problem, man. Like if you made a list of, 12 problems on this team right now. Patrick Mahomes is on that list. Absolutely. But it's like Along tenth. With everybody. It's like 10th on that list. I don't know. And, and the amount of blame that he deserves for what's gone wrong this year is minuscule compared to the amount of blame that either the receivers that are currently available or more frankly, Brett Veach deserve for what's taken place so far this year. Because while Veach deserves a ton of credit for this defense that he has put together himself, he and Spags deserve all the credit in the world for developing and drafting and accumulating the talent that might be the best defense in the league right now. They also deserve the blame for a wide receiver core that going into Monday night, they decided, you know who our dude is? It's Justin Watson. We got to get him 11 targets. 11 targets for Justin Watson? That's the plan coming out of the bye? That's the plan after you decided at the trade deadline, hey, we're good. We got McCole Hardman. That is all we need. That is malpractice to put this group of position players around that quarterback in a prime season when you have this defense. Dude, an absolute failure of epic proportions for you to be in this spot right now with those wide receivers. So again, I go back to what I said previously, this team can win the Super Bowl because it has that defense, because it has Patrick Mahomes, because they have Andy Reid. But it is going to take overcoming something that is even more significant, in my opinion, than overcoming the defense that they had in that first year with Mahomes as the starter. Because these, these receivers, they you can't play them. Like they should be playing two tight ends and two running backs as often as they possibly can just to get the receivers off the football field. Cause these dudes, these chuckleheads, they, they can't make plays, man. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, my, my thing is when you start, as you start making that list and I do think it, I don't, I'm not specifically saying this towards you guys. I just, I just think you're, 
you're bringing Mahomes further down the list than he should be. He is not the number one problem. I'm not saying that. But he is the most – he is, to me, one of the most disappointing parts of it. But what do you do, Ron? Like, because, put, no, your, no, no, put no, yourself listen. in his spot for a second. No, like, no, listen, what no, what listen. do you do? How no, do you listen. get out of it? You don't have to trick away – you don't have to trick away the turnovers. But the turnovers, like like that – we all agree, that was an awful interception. I, I disagree with how awful it was. The first time that I watched it, sure, yeah, it, it looked really bad. I think he's trying to be perfect. I think he's trying to be perfect to place it in his receiver's hands. And he ended up not getting it far enough out. I, I think there have been times this year, though, like I think that was maybe the third or fourth worst re- interception that he's thrown this year. The ones against the well, Jets that, were way worse. That's the part I'm, I want to get to is, listen, all right, you can, whatever, you, you've flirted around the word awful. Uh, like, I think, I think if Blaine Gabbert threw that, you would say awful. I think that's a, that that was an awful interception. And the point I was making is that's not the first one. That's not like that's not the first one. Like he like he, he's got to like to me got to understand. I got to stop turning it over. He's turning it over every game. And at some point it just can't be. Well, oh, he's trying to stop. Stop. You the only like the only thing is you're killing it. The, the, the Dolphins game trying to hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it. And the one thing that's going to screw you up is him if you turn it over. And I'm, and that's the part for me is just frustrating because he is the one that i got to depend on. Him and Travis are the two I've got to – like, I know it's unfair. Your mistakes have to be minimal. They're not minimal. They're every week to go along. Like, I know those dudes are mediocre. I do. But what I'm counting on is, all right, not only are you gonna make a better, but you're not gonna you're not gonna compound their mediocreness but with your mistakes. <laughs> and you're making mistakes. I don't know if that's a word. You're making mistakes every week. And I'm sorry, I have watched the decisions he's made this year. Now I may be dead wrong. I don't believe it's always the receiver's fault when they don't connect. Pretty close. I, At this point, I'm convinced I, that it's pretty close I know every you, time. I know you are. I, I mean, know you I are. mean. Do you want him to bring in Alex Smith as, as a consultant and like teach him how to not throw interceptions and just be bad no, and be no, a bad no, quarterback? No, 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 he has thrown some picks. Those those picks against the Jets. You don't need to have Alex yeah, Smith that. not to he throw has that game sometimes. Sure. The home the home one, and he does it in the red zone. Remember the home game against the Broncos when he felt pressure and he just said, "Wee!" and he threw that ball it's, up in the middle. Like, it's because the red zone specifically, like you can tell when they get down there that he's feeling the pressure of we have to get points. We yeah. have to get points. And so he's just pressing too much and he's forcing things. And yes, those are bad decisions. He's got to get that under control. Like, but he's not Josh Allen out there. Like this season, he's got a little bit of it. But his his overall body of work tends to say that he can get this under control. I know it. And that's what his body of work is. I don't know who that is out there. I mean, I don't know. He he played a nearly flawless game on Monday night. I thought he was spectacular for like, 95% 95% of that that evening. He had he had a really bad pass, a really bad moment. I'm I'm totally in agreement with you, Ron. Like we can quibble on whether it was awful, bad, whatever. A bad throw. You, you can't make that throw, can't have an interception there. If you don't throw that interception by the end of the game, you're playing for three instead of for four. Like it's a it's a really bad moment for him. However, like I one moment is hard for me to sit here and hone too far in on when the rest of the night. There were like seven dropped passes by his receivers on dimes that should have put up like an extra 14 points on the board. And they're just over here dropping them, just dropping them. So whether it's the drops, the wrong routes that are being run, the clear sight adjustments that aren't being seen, I don't know if this is a receiver coach problem because it seems like MVS has regressed from where he was a year ago. I don't know if this is a talent deficit. I don't know if Kadarius Tony is more hurt than they are leading on. It seems like McCall Hardman hasn't been healthy since the start of last season. Like, I, I can't explain all of this stuff. However, when we watch the games on Mondays or on Sundays, these receivers consistently let their quarterback down in the biggest possible ways. So 
if there is one thing that you can hone in on and say to yourself, what is the biggest issue that is plaguing the Chiefs right now? It is with a bullet that the wide receiver core right now is nearly unplayable. And when they when they try to get them involved in the offense, they are actively making the offense worse. The Chiefs averaged more yards per carry on Sunday, on Monday than they did yards per attempt through the air. More bad things happened when they threw the ball in the air. They would have been better off running Isaiah Pacheco 35 times in that game than throwing it 43 with Patrick Mahomes. That's inexcusable, and that's not because Mahomes played a terrible football game. It's because the receivers couldn't do their job effectively. It's I don't want to keep trashing MVS because I feel like I've been hard on MVS since they signed him. But I, I think last year's MVS was the outlier in his career. Like the MVS that we're seeing this year, that's the MVS that was in Green Bay. Like last year was the outlier. So I think I, I don't think that like MVS is all of a sudden taking this huge step back. I think last year was probably just his career year. That was just the best version of MVS that you're ever going to get. And it's on the Chiefs for coming into the season and saying, he's your veteran presence in the wide receiver room. He's the veteran guy who can make something happen when you really need something. Whereas like last year, that was Juju. And, and Juju understands all of the mechanics and all of the math and everything that when you're out there on the field that you, you got to go find a soft spot in the zone or whatever, sitting there, wait for the ball to get to you. Come to the, come get the football, go up, get the football. Like MBS doesn't do all that stuff. He's never done all that stuff. And he was effective last year because Juju was the veteran guy. Juju was the guy that they went to in key moments of the game. And they're trying to lean on him that way this year. And he's just totally folding under it. It's on the Chiefs for coming into the season with that being the circumstance. And Ron, I actually didn't have a big issue with the way that they approached this. I, I thought that they were they were okay because coming into the season, we were all like, okay, well, Sky should take a step forward. Um, you would expect a little something, especially as the season goes along from Rashi Rice. And like Kadarius Tony showed you some real signs of optimism last year when he was healthy. Um, so I, I wasn't somebody that was coming on here shouting at the, from the mountaintops like, "Hey, you 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 have have to get a receiver before the start of the season." I I was frustrated with them not going out there and doing everything they could to get Hopkins, but I got it. I understood it. Once you saw what it was like the first four, five, six weeks of the year, it became very apparent to all of us this team is missing something. And I think the biggest thing that I've seen in terms in a response to that, Ron, has been, well, it's basically the same receiver core as they had a year ago and they won the Super Bowl. The only difference, though, is that they don't have Juju Smith-Schuster. And let's be honest, Juju wasn't the stud. That's true. Juju is not a rock star. The difference, though, and I think Serta hit this perfectly, between what you have now and what Juju brought to the table, if it was third and six and they double teamed Travis Kelsey... Juju was going to find the opening in the defense and he was going to go to the right spot and he was going to catch the football and he was going to extend the drive. It all sounds so insignificant and so easy, but he made it look that way because he knew what the hell he was doing. And right now what you're seeing is that they don't have guys that can just do that part well. And so I, I think it is a really big deal that they do not have Juju as a part of the receiver core this year. And then on top of that, I do think Kelsey's taken a step back. I don't think he's the same guy that he was last year. I think MVS has regressed. They're not getting Jarek McKinnon into the offense as often as I expected them to. That was shocking on Monday to not see him get more involved in the passing game. So you've got all these guys that are either taking a step back or are no longer existent on the team. Man, yeah, no wonder the pass catchers are not as good as they were a year ago. There's a lot of issues there. I'm, I'm going to say this. Everything that you all have said, is true as you said the the consistent number consistent thing is the receivers not getting open can't get the ball to catch the ball at times they have been consistent now i don't know if it's been to the tune of just seven drops in a ball game like this or six drops in a ball game but yes the struggles from the receivers have been consistent and all i'm saying to you is what else has been consistent is 15 turning the ball over game after game, and not all of them, maybe some of them, but not all of them are because the receivers are the problem. He's turning the ball over at a high rate. He's turned the ball over seven times in the last five games, four of them, which are either in the red zone or in field goal range. Those are points that he is flat taken off the board. 
and he's the best in the world. There is a different feel of expectation for me, for him, to then think that it's not just every once in a while. It ain't just like, oh, man, it just it's sometimes. Now, maybe you see it different. There are, there's about three or four times a game where I'm like, damn, if that throw was a little bit more accurate. Rasheed Rice may have not had to dive to catch that ball and maybe be able to catch that ball on that first and 20 and turn it up and got more than six yards. Or, damn, who ran? Did somebody run the wrong route? Or did Pat just absolutely airmail that ball off to the side of somebody? As I said, his decision-making has been Josh Allen-like this year at times, and I don't think that it is all through the receivers. What else has started to become consistent? Is Travis Kelsey, to what you spoke of, has been able easily to be taken out of games. Now, some of that may have to do with the receivers, but some of that is this ain't the first it. time. This ain't the first time, though, not just this year, other teams that teams have tried to do things to take him away, and he still eats. He's not eating at all, at, at, at all. And that, to me, is some of Andy as well. Like, I'm telling you, we talk about the Rasheed Rice thing. I watched on a third down in the game in the second half Rasheed Rice be wide open, running the route right off of Kelsey's ass to be wide open for a first down, and Patrick was staring at Kelsey the whole way and then tried to run him. That's another thing with those two. What has happened to the the like the like keen sense whenever he scrambles that those two always just seem – even when he's scrambled or in trouble, it used to always be Kelsey. I remember Tyreek's like, fine, 87, fine, 87. They don't even connect on that because on this play that I'm talking about, he got Kelsey on a scramble and overthrew him over his head. But he had Rasheed Rice wide open immediately. Yes, and I'm with you on everything we've said all year. They could play that son of a gun more. They can do a lot of things. My deal is this thing is much more – Pat is great. Pat is probably – is not probably. Pat is the best thing on this offense. But I do think that the issues with Pat and Kelsey and Reed are much more – bigger than I think people are 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 making it out to be. And, and, and I would like to your Rasheed Rice point, I, I've always I, I'm totally with you. I think he should be playing more, but I think we saw on Monday why he's not playing more. He's, he's just not the side adjustments aren't there for him either. Now clearly they're not working for Watson either. They're not working for MVS. So whatever. Like play him over those guys. Sure. I don't think Mahomes trusts him. I don't think Mahomes trusts any of these guys. And so to answer your question on why he didn't find Rasheed Rice, because I'm not sure he trusted that he was going to make the right adjustment on that play. He ended up missing. I know the exact play you're talking about. He ended up missing Travis Kelsey, and it was a bad throw by him. That stuff happens occasionally. But the problem is the other stuff that is happening on every single play where there are just receivers that are running to the wrong area. So we're just not going to agree on this. That's we're totally not, fine, because man. When, but... you say, when you say occasionally, I feel like we have the conversation all the time. He doesn't pull the trigger because he doesn't trust them. Co correct, I because I think that's what's happening. I, I think what's happening is when you, Ron, when you are like, you're running a show, right? And you, you've got a co-host that's with you. And every single time you're talking about, I don't know, basketball the dude references something that's just like clearly not even in existence anymore. Like he said, he's talking about uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the center for the Lakers. You're like, yo, dude, that guy played like 40 years ago. Like that's, that's not going to work. Like that, that's, you're probably eventually going to be a little scared to make any sort of references to the NBA, right? Why? Because the guy puts himself into a bad spot. You don't want to set him up for failure. The Chiefs receivers are setting themselves up for failure consistently right now. And so if you're Mahomes, you're waiting, waiting, waiting to make sure they're in the right spot. And by the time that you're ready to go there, because, okay, they're there, they're, they're open. So let's do this. At that point, it's already too late. So I think that's happening way too often in this game. You saw him try to lead them out of breaks and it ended with disaster a bunch of times. So um, that's where I'm at on this. I know we're just going to disagree on it and that's totally fine. W whatever the case may be, they've got to get something figured out or they will not win the Super Bowl because what's happening right now is is not just something that's going to get them beat against the Eagles. This is something that could get them beat against the Raiders or the Packers or the Bills or the Patriots. Like, they could lose to anybody if the offense is playing this bad. Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. 
This week, the Kansas City Chiefs traveled to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, looking to bounce back after a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. We will have that parlay up on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page on Sunday afternoon, so make sure you're on the lookout ahead of the Chiefs' trip to Las Vegas. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. All right, we do it every week. Uh, let's uh, We try to move on to the uh, to the Raiders. And when the Chiefs have the it's Raider week, when the Chiefs have the ball, this still to me is bigger than the Raiders. And I, I think it, to the point you just made about them them being able to win a championship, I still think that is all there. But offensively, I think that, that this should be the 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 kind of line in the sand here, because listen, they played the Eagles and they played them well, and they should have won the game. They shot themselves in the foot repeatedly and lost the game to what is looked at to be the best team in football. And they they got a they've got to walk away believing they lost that game and not that the Eagles won it. And for me, it's just got to be it. Like, look, our offense is just not going to be what we are accustomed to it being, even with having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So to me, they have to change their mindset on how they play. And it's even got to start on Sunday against the Raiders. To me, the mindset moving forward, and we've seen a lot of offenses with this, and it should be a little bit better because you have, you know, the quarterback and a great weapon. But the offense should be, how can we get to 20? How can we get to 20? And how can we get to 20 without killing our defense? How can we get to 20 without just, turning the ball over and setting up our defense to fail. How can we get to 20 with, without screwing things up and leaving countless numbers of points on the field because we turn the ball over in the red zone as much? That's got to be. Like, to me, field goals, we got to take them. Like, I'm just saying they've got to look at this different because I think the Chiefs can beat, can hold almost every team in the league under 20. If you if if the if the offense doesn't the offense or special teams doesn't screw them and doesn't put them in short fields doesn't turn the fall the Denver Broncos they got five turnovers three of two or three of them started in the red zone and they scored twenty four right like they get like if you just don't screw them up and that's got to be what the Chiefs can do because they I mean the hell the Chiefs had to score against the Dolphins defensively to get that win but they hold them down. They hold the Eagles down. Like, if you can just not screw it up, and if the Chiefs on those drives, they turn the ball over, just kick field goals, they win the game, and they demoralize, and it brings it down even further, and it brings it down even further where it's just points going up. That's how they have to operate now because, as you said, and we can agree on this, hey, listen, man, I I, I can't keep I, – I, I've, I've reached the point of just, all right, man, I, Andy and Pat will figure it out. They're not figuring this out. What they need to do is change this thing around, whether that is BK and, and Serta, all right, we're going to use Pacheco more than we thought. We're going to screen more than we thought. We're going to really use uh, 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 Kelsey and try to really exploit matchups like that. We're going to do that just to move the ball and so we don't turn it over and get points. Like instead of saying, hey, we're going to put 30 on somebody today, can we get to 20? Because if we get to 20, we'll probably win. And I just think starting Sunday against the Raiders, they got to change the way that they approach offense because this this don't work. So much of what is going on right now with the Chiefs is just a simple like, hey, did you commit turnovers? Were there penalties? Did you end up allowing a set? Like, it's the little things, man. If they just fix the little things you're not going to become this explosive offense that's putting up 30 again that that's not on in the cards this year but like, you don't you, have to to win the super bowl totally agree 
that people need to understand that the bar for this team is not what the bar was for previous Mahomes-led Chiefs teams. Because when you have a defense that right now is third in the league in points per drive allowed, and that's including some of the games early on where they struggled a little more than they have lately, like you, you have much more room for error. So if you can get this offense just to being like the 10th best in the league, where you're scoring 24, 26 points a game, I'm not you're fine. That much. And the way that you get there is what you said, Ron. Eliminate the turnovers. Stop these stupid penalties. If you stop beating yourself, other teams I don't think can beat you. So it really just comes down to that. Can they do that against the Raiders? Can they stop going out there and committing two, one, five, two, one, two, two, three, one turnovers? Can you go out there and stop committing 67 penalties, which is what they've had so far this season offensively for 555 yards? If you do that, you're going to be fine. If you can't eliminate that stupid mental error, those stupid mental errors, then you're going to be a team that ends up getting booted out of the playoffs. And we're going to remember this the way that we did 2021, where significant changes have to be made. Yeah, it's at this point with the offense, it's it's just don't put the defense in bad positions. Yep, like don't just blow it. That that that's literally it. Like we have seen enough from this Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense can win you games. Like the Cleveland Browns have Dorian Thompson Robinson, and even when Deshaun Watson was in the lineup this year, he was terrible. They haven't had a good quarterback or really a very functional offense all season long. Their defense is so good that their defense is winning them games. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who have been outgained in every game this season offensively because their offense is that bad, still have a winning record, still have a significant chance to playoffs because their defense wins them games. Like, it's just a change in philosophy where you just can't hurt the defense now. And so the days of dropping 35 points are probably out the window this season. And that, that sucks. I love points. I love offensive games and I want to see touchdowns, but that's probably not the recipe for success for the chiefs this year. Like the, the recipe for success is get to 25 plus points wherever you can, however you can don't turn the football over don't put the defense in negative positions on the field. That's it. Like that, that's it. That's your recipe for winning games. And that's a recipe for success in the postseason too, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes and he can go out there and make magic happen. Like we've seen teams win Super Bowls that way. So there's nothing wrong with committing to that. They just need to actually lean into it and say like, that's what has to start. No but turnovers. But it's going to be a change for, for everybody and not everybody, but the, the guys, that are in control, Andy, Pat, in particular. Like, you got to say, I've, I've got a field goal. I'm gonna get. I'm going. I'm at the. You got the best kicker in the game who hasn't missed. I am going to get a field goal at least out of this. Going to. I'm gonna get a field goal. I'm gonna tag it up because y'all are talking about 24, 25 points. Hey, boss. They haven't eclipsed 19, but once in the last five. Andy, Andy did it with Alex. Just, just be like, hey, remember all those years you played with Alex Smith? Like you coach Alex Smith when you sell for field goals all the time and frustratingly never go for it on fourth down? Just go back to that offense. By the way, just as an aside, this is why I didn't have an issue with them not going for it on fourth and four late in that game. I, I know that a lot of people were very frustrated by that decision. I get it. You want them to be aggressive there. The offense had shown you nothing all day long to believe that they were going to get fourth and four. Now the punt sucked. They ended up getting the touchback and you gained like 15 yards out of it. But um, I, I thought it was the absolute correct decision because you're basically putting the ball in your better unit's hands. You're trying to to pin them deep. And that's the kind of decision-making that a defense first, like Ravens, Steelers type of a team, that's what they would do in that spot. And yep. frankly, that's who you are, man. And it's time for it. some self-awareness by us as Chiefs fans as to what we're watching on a weekly basis. Yes, this team has Patrick Mahomes. Treat it as if they have Kenny Pickett. Because that's what these receivers are making him into is basically like the Kenny Pickett of the Chiefs. So rely on your defense in a significant way. Punt when you need to. Kick the field goals when you need to. Every drive that ends in a kick for this Chiefs offense, I can't believe we're saying it. Like That's a good drive now. But you don't have to downgrade it. It, it, it ain't got to be Kenny Pickett. I mean, this has got to be early Tom Brady. And I think that that's what Pat has to do. 
is Tom Brady would not – he's not turning it over in the red zone. We get in the red and zone. And he's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it's not – it's early Tom. Like, and I'll play towards it. And and I, I just think they've got to do that. Like, I'll tell you, man, you give me a couple – give me a couple of touch – give me a touchdown drive in, in each half, a couple field goals. Like, that's, that's probably going to give you a shot. That is probably going to give you a chance. And, and, and that and like the two major things, and I'll see uh, uh, what you guys think about this. And all of this to me starts with uh, with 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 Sunday. By the way, they they need to run offense and do things not to allow that nut Max Crosby to ruin the game, because he he certainly is somebody that will that will attempt to and can do it. And the Chiefs have tackles that will allow him to be able to ruin this thing. Like this is an example. Like Andy. Hey man, you just can't go five five man protection. Nope, you got to you got to keep somebody in to help one of these jokers on the edge. You got to. But these are and I and I'll let you get to these are the two things to me: running the ball, and they have got to find a way. And Andy, if you're the best play designer I've ever seen, they have got to find a way to not allow teams to just completely take Travis Kelsey out. He's got to be involved. He the funny thing, go ahead. I thought they found something early on in that game where they were doing those like the double tight end motions early on, and they, they continued to do it in the second half. It just wasn't as effective, but I thought it kind of screwed with the Eagles and what they were trying to do defensively. It gave Kelsey a few free releases. I kind of liked what they were doing there, and it just eventually they found an answer for it. But I'm totally with you. They got to find a way to get him involved consistently through with this offense. I don't know how you do it, but that's what Andy Reid is paid here to do, is to figure out what those answers are. I said this last week. I continue to believe it. I would really like to see them get their best pass catcher involved, not named Travis Kelsey. And that guy last year um, was Jarek McKinnon. And he has basically done nothing for you lately. They asked him in the locker room earlier today, hey, is it about time for you to get more involved? And he said, that's a uh, that's a question for the coaches. It's like, okay, well, that certainly sounds like a player that's ready to go. And he said, hey, whenever they're ready for me, I'll be ready to go. I would like to see them start utilizing him more often. And Ron, one thing we don't see a whole lot of around the NFL anymore, but maybe this is something the Chiefs could whip out is, man, put two running backs in the backfield. Like use both of those guys with Pacheco and McKinnon back there on the side of Patrick Mahomes take off one of the receivers that's clearly not doing anything for you anyways. And you got at least an extra pass protector in there. McKinnon's great at that. Pacheco's gotten a lot better at it. And worst case scenario, you've got a guy in McKinnon who can also help you with the routes. So I'd like to see them get those guys more involved in the passing game as well. Yeah, that limits the production out of the receivers. I don't care at this point. We've seen what they can do. So that, those would be a few of the adjustments that I'd like to yeah. see from Andy Reid. Well, I, I mean, I actually like some of the wrinkles of, putting Kadarius Tony in the backfield and, and using him in the run game. Clyde got his two carries for 20 yards, which actually he wasn't, he wasn't bad. That, that, that never happened again, Clyde but that's sick, right? Clyde, Clyde bulking up. He looks like Mike Colbert. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, that Clyde looks a little thick. I think, I think the weight's good for him. I think it looks like Maurice Jones drew in that suit. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, I think I got to run the football and I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, the, the the Eagles and, and we talked about it and I said I felt like they had to run it last week and and you guys r- r- rightfully by the numbers like nobody runs on them well the Chiefs did yep. somehow the damn Chiefs did and 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 to me kind of stopped or stopped themselves uh, with with penalties but they ran with that offensive line uh, they were able to run so you can run the football and I think that also helps the pass rush and maybe helps receivers. Uh, and helps the things with Travis as well. So I just, I just, I, I think they got to change their whole mindset. And I think it starts uh, in this game on Sunday. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
and Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, when the, uh, the Raiders have the ball, um, again, we'll ask this question one more time, and maybe we'll do it multiple times this year. Is Legereus Need and this secondary, who they might have two all-pro corners, to be honest with you, on this team. It, Not if you look at Pro Duffy, Football Focus, because they hate Legereus Need. apparently. It's so stupid. Yeah. It is so yeah, ridiculous. It's stupid. I mean, that's, I mean, A.J. Brown had one for eight yards. <laughs> one for eight and he got a pick i got i don't know how anybody else would be rated higher than him and he had one penalty like so get so go to hell right to hell um and but but are they gonna do it again they got Devonte adams this week is legerious sneed who you would imagine is gonna get put on him and i love it he was trying to be as physical as hell with aj brown just like he's done everybody i'd imagine he's gonna do it again to Devonte adams is L- is Legereus Need going to pull this off again? Yeah, of course he is. He's Why wouldn't he? For every number one he's faced this season. It's, it's ridiculous. It's genuinely one of the most impressive things that I have seen by a Chiefs player is what we're witnessing this year by Legereus Need. He's amazing, dude. And like the reason why I would assume at least pro football focus isn't really high on him is because of all of the penalties that he's taking. And he takes a lot of them. I don't care. He's gonna I don't get care. A, he's going to give me three five-yard penalties. That's all right, though. Great. Call Absolutely. Take them all. Like, the he plays the way that you have to in order to slow down these wide receivers that he's going up against because he does it on every play. This is the old Patriots thing, right? Yeah, we're going to hold on every single play, and we'll dare the refs to call it on every single play. They're not going to. It's the game plan that Bill Belichick used to slow down the greatest show on turf. Say, hey, we're going to out-physical them, and they're just not going to be able to call a penalty on every single play. Legereus takes that to heart, and he goes out there, and he shuts down every single number one wide receiver that he goes up against this year. So if you can do that against A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill, who I think have been the top two MVP candidates this year, Devontae Adams is amazing. Don't get me wrong. He's in the class with those guys that I just mentioned. I fully anticipate he's going to, compared to his typical game, have a slow game against Legereus Sneed. The top priority for this team right now, Ron, in terms of what they need to get done in the offseason, is to re-sign Legereus Sneed. That guy oh, cannot that? Oh, go you anywhere. That now? He you cannot that go now? anywhere. It is time. I told you last week, if he does this again, it's time. Yeah. They can it's, go ahead and get it done. And to BK's point, it, it's not just that he's a legitimate number one lockdown corner shutting down elite wide receivers week after week. But where it's that it, it's that him and McDuffie are the two most versatile cornerbacks like in the league right now. Like just they can they can both play inside. They can both play outside. They can both blitz the hell out of you. And there's nothing they can do. They both tackle like crazy. They both force turnovers like they're both insane Swiss Army knife players that Steve Spagnuolo, one of the most creative blitzers in the NFL, gets to deploy every week. Like, this is the defense right now, is these two dudes. And, like, like they have a lot of talent and they have a ton of playmakers, but the reason it all works is because those dudes are out there just creating havoc all over the field. Yeah, he tried, he tried that well one too many times and got, got old Mike Edwards lined up one-on-one <laughs> with uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, uh, yeah, or not Devontae Adams, but uh, Smith. And I was like, oh, Jesus. But – Hell, you get one, but no, man. Yeah, yeah. Sneed, we'll see if they do it again. But I mean, he did. He they put him on him last year after he was yep. cooking. Uh, where is Rashad Fenton? They put him on him last year after that. He was. And, at, uh, they traded him to Atlanta. I have no I idea. Think he, I think he. I think he lost in that Grey Cup. But uh, but they uh, but they brought him in there and he shut that he shut that water off too. So, yeah, dude is dude is nuts, man. And uh, and. I mean his his track record of what number ones when he specifically is the guy on them what they're doing is crazy Jefferson Hill and Dam 
and AJ. And AJ got eight yards. <laughs> That's insane. On one catch. And then, AJ, like, they didn't try to go to him. Think, they tried to go to him. I think somebody said that was only the second time in AJ Brown's career he's had less than 10 receiving yards yeah. in a game. Yeah. Eight. Eight. And he's playing, yards. and he's playing the best football he's ever played. And he's a remarkable player. I mean, he's like, man, he wouldn't even target. He got four targets. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I, I just think my other thing is because this defense has been fantastic. When you look at at you know, Sneed is putting people in the Sneed sanctuary. That's not working. Um, but I mean, they <laughs> you've got you, you've done better. You, you we got to workshop this one. The Sneed sanctuary. Yeah, it's better. I, I like Revis Island. But I like Sneed. <laughs> How long have you been thinking of that? Not more than five minutes, I hope. Seconds, thirty seconds. Yeah, man, okay. you get him in there. He closed them doors, okay. lock you down. Uh-huh. He'll baptize your ass in that sanctuary. <laughs> um, see, it's all coming. It's all working. He's working. It's keep not. But we'll keep workshopping. It's not. It's not. I, <laughs> I, I think we can do better. But anyway, I mean, but you you got people locking people down in that and that uh, that Sneed sanctuary and. Uh, and McDuffie's market, like you just you're looking at this. And- <laughs> That's worse. That's worse. All right, I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. I feel like uh, a market is always open. Like, I feel no, like- not always, not after hours. They <laughs> shut that thing down. Oh, oh my god. All right. Oh, but but for me, though, honestly, with this defense, they have been incredible. Uh, and they tried to win that game as much as they could. And I believe if if the if the Chiefs just don't turn it over in those in the red zone spot they do hold them to win i was no doubt if uh if hot hands hanans could have caught on to that held on to that ball that the chiefs defense would have stopped him uh but they've been fantastic i just think as i said this is this this eagles game to me is a turning point here i think their mindset also has to change i think that this defense has to move from hey guys let's keep points down Let's get off the field. Let's get let, let's get three and outs. To they got to start being more aggressive and turning the football over. They've got to start because this offense needs help. It's clear. It's clear they need help. They they beat the Dolphins because they scored. Uh, they need they need help. So I think they've got to be more aggressive on doing that. All right, they got to help their offense. They seem to lose the turnover turnover battle every single game. A part of that is because they're not getting them either. All right. So right now they've got it. They've got, I, I think that's got to be a mind step too, where they're working on punching the ball out. They're doing stuff. They've got to turn because this offense desperately needs help. It should be with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, three and outs enough. But they have got like they've got to, they've got to do more. They've got to do more on this defense, which is crazy as hell, I'd say. Yeah, I I'll let you go ahead and take that lane. Um, I'll take it. Just, just, just keep doing what you're doing, and this team will be fine. Defensively, I, I can't ask for much more, honestly, man. Like They have allowed fewer than 300 yards of total offense in four of their last five games. The one time that they allowed more than 300 yards was against the Chargers, and they forced multiple, multiple turnovers in that game. Um, in terms of the passing yardage against dude, it's just absolutely insane. 82, 219, 87, 175, 125. This defense has been spectacular, and I I can't really ask for much more. It's it's on the offense to pick up where where the slack is right now. I and the Cowboys get a pick six every week. And the Chiefs get a couple of pick sixes here. Like, come on. Uh, they're going uh, up like, against yeah. the worst teams yeah, in the league, man. Brown man's got like four touchdowns this year. You ain't no, but you're not lying. There's something like the 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 best team, the best defenses historically. They they talk about this and they do this and they take the ball away. I think that's the one missing piece for this defense. And I and I, quite frankly, I think it's something they have to do. <laughs> I think they have to do more. I think they have to. They, they their offense needs help, right? What what te- what seriously? What Super Bowl team would you compare? this Chiefs team to if you could think of a, a recent Super Bowl champion of the way the Chiefs offense and how they're constructed with their defense who would you pick I know yeah, the one I mean, that comes to my head we, we're all going to pick the same one it's the Broncos with Peyton it's Manning. the Broncos and they turn the ball over 
They turn the, 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 the ball Chiefs over. do. The thing is, the Chiefs do turn the ball over. Like they, More. their def, their defense is. <laughs> they're like tenth in the league in turnover rate right now defensively. Not good and they, they have at least one takeaway in every single game so far this year. Like they, they take the ball away. The more. problem is the offense gives it right back to the other team. Well, it's about eliminating more. their own turnovers as much as it is getting more takeaways. That that being said, like one of the reasons why the uh, Dallas Cowboys are getting all of these takeaways. And one of the reasons why the Dallas Cowboys are getting these pick sixes is because their offense is putting them up by so many points that opposing teams are just dropping back like crazy against them because they're down by 30 points. And so they become one-dimensional. They rush the quarterback like crazy because they've got that maniac Micah Parsons coming after them. And then they've just got really good corners that are taking the ball away. If the Chiefs offense gets back on track and they can start getting up by multiple scores in the third and fourth quarter, then I think we'll see more of that because the Chiefs have the capability of doing it. But they got to play from ahead, man. One of their biggest issues right now is that they're playing in either neutral or behind game scripts like every week right now because the offense has been selected days ago. Yeah, we're living in the real life, though. And in the real life is the, the, the Denver Broncos in 2015 didn't say, oh, boy, we're going to hope that, that Peyton and Brock Osweiler eventually pick up and start putting more. No, they went and controlled the games. <laughs> That's what the Ravens had to do. I'm not saying that the Chiefs offense is now still for Ravens territory, but, I'm, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to like one game. I'm sorry. They've got to, they've got to create things like they did against the Dolphins. It sucks. And you would hope the offense puts them in a place that they, they have scored. You tell me if I'm wrong, 17, 17, nine, 31 and 19. That's their last five ball games. Them jokers need help. Would you believe me if I told you that the Chiefs defense has forced turnovers at a higher rate than the 2015 Broncos defense did? Well, they need to do, they need to do more. They got, they got to score I, points, all right? Okay. They got to find the I end zone. Like not just talking about like that. I feel like that six. Broncos. I feel like that Broncos team really got hot late. So let's they did in, in in the in the playoffs. They scored. They they, they had seven turnovers in three games. So <laughs> you're, you're right uh, there. That's what we remember. They were scoring in that bad boy. <laughs> All right, sir, to grab me my music. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Uh, the the segment that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. And continuing with the positive, because I can't talk about uh, the offense anymore. Um, is this the best Chiefs defense you've ever seen? In our lifetime, I know we're, we're I'm pushing 40, and you guys are in your mid-30s at the very least. Um, I'm not going to put everybody's ages out there. But y'all in y'all early to mid-30s. Is this the best Chiefs defense you've ever seen? For me, like my my real understand, like I, I went to Chiefs games as a as a young kid, um, and so I I remember going to the stadium in the late '90s. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend as if I was like a fully formed adult as I was watching the Schottenheimer era. So my real understanding of the Chiefs starts with the Vermeil era, and those defenses certainly are not anything oh, well, that I would claim, <laughs> yeah, claim to be anything approaching what we're watching right now. So the closest thing that I have as a comparison is probably like the 2014-2015 Chiefs defenses in terms of what they were able to do then. I think this is better. I think this is more complete in terms of what they have available to them right now. Like this team at every single level is just suffocating, dude. Like their corners are amazing. Their safeties have been really good this year. I've been so impressed by them because last year I didn't feel that way. And the defensive line is just coming at you in waves. Karloftis is always around the football. Chris Jones, I, I felt like had like disappeared for six weeks and then had a couple of drives in that game against the Eagles where he just completely wrecked the drive single-handedly. So I think for me, if we're just talking the last 20 years, I would say it's definitely number one for me. But really what the comparison is, it is probably closer to like the 95, 97 uh, type of defenses and Ron, you'd be better to answer those than yeah, not. To me, to me, it's certified, and those were some great defenses like James Hasty and Dale Carter at corners. Like when you look at what they were able to do rules wise and what Legereus need, like they don't have nobody over. Like Dale Carter was good. Dale Carter's not shut down five of the best. Routes. He's not shut down Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin. Like, he's not going to get all three of them and just shut them down. 
Herman Moore. He's not going to shut all of them down like Snead and the Chiefs have. They were good. They had good. They had good safeties. Obviously, the strength of their defense was was Derek and Neal yeah. and their defensive their defensive line and Sally Amua and Joe Phillips and that group. They're not like this is like Chris Jones is on the level. Maybe not Derek yet, but Chris Jones is on the level right there with them as best defensive, one of the best defensive players in the game. I think it's, I think this is the best defense I've ever seen. When you take a, take into account what the league is, how offense rules, what rules you can get. It's like, it's, I'm not going to say it's not even close. I'm not going to disrespect them. I mean, they're, they're in here losing playoff games, giving up 10 points, but I mean, it is, it is, it is crazy. And I've said this in, compared to those teams, too, with the other defense in the league and why I think they're the best. Their depth is insane. Like, the, yeah. their second wave of players that they could bring out there. I, I mean, it, it is, it's crazy from Tranquil to the backup offense, defensive linemen they bring through there. It is, it is insane the depth they have, how they're surviving through Nick Bolton like it's damn near, damn near nothing. Uh, yeah, she was out there in that quarterback sneak, but yeah, I mean they're like it, it's it's crazy. So to me, this is a this is an easy yes. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's certified too. Um, I'm kind of like BK, like like I, I remember Derek Thomas, but that was kind of before I really knew what I was watching and like knew football. Like I didn't really start understanding football until like the Vermeil era and maybe like the tail end of like the Gunther Cunningham era, something like that. Like when I actually started playing football. Um, and so, but like none of those chiefs defenses were ever like, Oh, this might be the best unit in the league. Like this is the first chiefs defense I can ever think of where I'm like, they have as strong a case as any team in the NFL that they are the best unit in the, all of football and like i know the ravens have been really good i know the browns have been really good but the chiefs have also played a really difficult schedule <laughs> and they continue to week after week their defense just goes up against everybody and dominates everybody on all levels like like you guys were saying like it's it's the depth is insane and it's not just it's not just they have an insane pass rush that creates turnovers or the secondary is shutting guys down like it's everywhere across the board. Like they don't have any real weaknesses on defense. And the one thing you could point to before this Eagles game was like, well, their run defense has been, has got, has been got a little bit. Well, I, I mean, they did a pretty good job against the best rushing football team in the NFL. And so it's like, it, it and, feels and like Jalen was running and Jalen yeah, was running. And they, they just have so much depth at every position across the board that it just feels like if they want to focus on the run, they'll focus on the run. If they want to focus on the pass, they, they'll focus on the pass. If they want to blitz, they'll blitz. And they can just do whatever they want. And it's it's like a defensive coordinator's dream. And that's what Steve Spagnuolo is doing this year. They're, and I, they're incredible. I think the top four defenses, Ron, are pretty clearly Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas, and Kansas City in some order or another. But where I think that it's almost like two and two, though, in the way that those defenses go about it. Like, I think Cleveland is just like, dude, we have one of the best defensive players in the history of the league, and he's playing at the peak of his powers right now in Miles Garrett, and he's just wrecking games left and right. Nobody has an answer for him right now. Dallas is just these banshees coming off the edge every game, and good luck trying to be able to stick with them because they've got this offense that puts them in these positive game scripts, and then you're stuck from behind, and now they're they're blitzing, and they've got good corners, and good, like good luck, right? I think the Ravens and the Chiefs are the most complete defenses in the NFL right now. They both have really good, unique defensive coordinators that come up with great game plans. They have guys at every level of the defense that can beat you, and they're both so deep with talent. And I think that's what makes those two uh, special to me and what makes them stand out above really any other units in the league. If you want to take Baltimore, I get it. I'd probably take the Chiefs right now. Maybe that's me being a homer, but I think they're the best and most complete defense in the league so far this year. I think the Chiefs have three legit all pros with Chris Jones in the two corners on their team. And I don't know. And they have the depth and secondary players, right? It's not just they're great and top heavy. They have three great players and Nick Bolton <laughs> whenever he comes oh. back. 
it's just crazy the, the the depth that they have with that. And like the Ravens, I think they have Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton, or like they're two All Pro players. But like on the defensive line, it's just like a, a, it's such a Baltimore thing. Like just guys they drafted and developed, and everybody's got five six sacks. Like every yeah. everybody's just it's it's spread out all across the board. They pressure you like crazy, and they get sacks every game. But it's like a, just a collective unit of guys. Yeah, Matabuke has really stepped up for, awesome. for them there and playing inside, but it's just it's just crazy. All right, uh, let's get predictions in this game at the Raiders. Uh, hell, sir, I'll let you go on this because I, I, don't I haven't even thought about it to be totally honest. Um, I I think the Chiefs win this one. Um, I, I'm at the point where I'm not going to pick them to put up a bunch of points anymore. I hope not. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to say. Chiefs win this one 24 to nine. I've got the Chiefs winning it as well. If you pick them to score more than 24 points, Ron, I think we're all like just losing our minds here. I've got 23 to 16. Um, they, they win it by a touchdown. It's ugly. And that's the way the Chiefs are going to have to win. Um, I, I think uh, I think they win as well. I'll let them uh, uh, be able to drink alcohol. I'll go twenty-one to ten. Yeah. In this game, I don't know if they're going to be able to rent cars the rest of the season, um, but I'll go. I'll go twenty-one to uh, to ten in this game. Uh, I think it'll be a fight and a struggle. Um, and the and the part is, I don't even like. I don't even know that I'll be even impressed if they put up thirty on the Raiders. <laughs> I I damn near be shocked. I don't even. I think I'd be impressed by that, but we'll see. They have a uh, advantageous schedule moving forward, and they got these guys twice going on the road. We'll see how they re- respond. But tough night uh, against the Eagles Monday. See if they can roll all their uh, all their goals are in front of them, uh, and uh, hopefully we're uh, we're seeing them improve and get better. We are out. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.